morning, turn with me to our text, which is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. It's John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let us pray. O oh Lord, how great Thou art, how merciful Thou art, what a precious and holy Lord Thou art. O oh Lord, I thank Thee that Thou hast brought us here and preserved us once again and preserved our health. And Pray for those, Lord, who are sick this morning, that Thy healing hand would be upon them. And Lord, I pray that You would open up our hearts and our understanding. Lord, Thy Word tells us to make our calling and election sure. I pray this morning, Lord, you would, in thy faithfulness, do that for each of thy children in this room, to give us an assurance of the faith of the Son of God, to give us an understanding, to call us away, Lord, from this world, and feed us, Lord, at thy feet, as only thou can. Lord, I pray that your name would be lifted up, that you would be glorified in all that is said. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This text is probably pretty familiar to you. I think a long time ago I preached from this passage. And in the last, uh, I think it was the last message I was preaching up here, I, I remember using this as a support verse. And sometimes the Lord just grabs you, you know, and, and, and there's something opened up to you that you hadn't seen before or hadn't considered before. And and um, I hadn't been able to let it go, and I, I knew that the, this would be the time that the Lord would bring that forth this morning. And the focus for me this morning on this passage, um, on this verse that the Lord gave John and the power of the Holy Ghost, you know, I, the beginning of this verse says, but as many as received him. Yeah, I, I grew up in a Methodist church, and and I grew up under, uh, you know, that question was asked to you a lot in my youth. And have you received Christ? Received Christ? Accepted Christ? Um, do you have a living faith? Those things are interchangeable in the Word of God. And, and when, when you're raised the way that I was and the doctrine was put in front of you, where I was, like I said, where I was raised, it was always coming from the creature's point of view. Have you received Christ? Well, if you haven't, you need to receive him today. Many of you know that by decisional regeneration, whatever you want to call it, you make a decision to receive Christ in your life. And ever since then, I mean, throughout our society and the way that we were brought up or the things we hear, we hear things like, let Jesus into your heart. Or, let go and let God. These are popular phrases. And that emphasis that man puts on man in that kind of religion is not the faith of the elect of God. It's not what's found in these pages. That's why the Lord led me to this text to, to speak about this matter because this text is plain. I mean, it's simple. The Lord says there's two things here. Those that have received him 
To them, he gave the power or privilege, which is what that word means. He gave an elect people the power and privilege to believe on his name. He did that. And those are the ones who receive him. But I thought about that, and, and I was walking with Steph last night. We were talking about it and talking about that notion and receiving Christ. And, you know, when you're, when you're shown things early in your life and, and you think they're truth or whatever and you, you grab onto them, then you learn later in life that that's not the truth of the gospel. That the, the onus is not on me receiving Christ. It's has he received me? Has he given me life? Has he given? And that's my question to you today. I mean, it's my question to me. Have I received Christ according to the scriptures? Have you received Christ according to the scriptures? It's not in a. Um, and as I said, so so as I grow older and I I think about those thoughts and how I was raised, you you, you kind of. It's a truth that you just kind of go away from because you don't want to deal with it because of your past dealings. You know that they were false. You're shameful of it. Many times in my life, my early years, you know, I walked around thinking, oh, I received Christ. Uh, I gave my life to Him. I, I wrote my name on that card. I came forward. I made a profession. Somebody prayed over me. You know, I went through a confessional class. I went and I did all that religious mumbo-jumbo. And for what reason? So that I could walk out of there and say, well, I received Christ. I did something for Him, and then I just go off in my life. And uh, baptism and things like that, are, are, that's where they become a detriment. People think, they look back at their baptism, and they say, well, I, must have, I was baptized, I must be a child of God. <clears throat> baptism doesn't come, spiritual baptism comes first, and then profession with your mouth to be baptized physically but we're not going to talk about baptism I want to speak about this the receiving Christ it is vital it is vital that you and I have received Christ that we have had a life altering event and life altering days ever since that event in our life that we have received Christ in that manner. And that's what I want to talk about today in light of these words. And as I, as I looked at this passage, I, I started thinking about, you know, your basic questions. John, what are you trying to tell us? Who are you speaking about? Why are you speaking this? What are you speaking about? To whom is it? How is it take place? And all these thoughts started going in my mind. And of course, the Lord answers those in His Word. And this morning, I'm hoping you go with me in the Word, and that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, comes, and He witnesses to you that John 1.12 says, As many as received Him. And at the end of this day, or during this message, the Holy Spirit says to you, I have received Christ this way. According to these Scriptures... This is why, this is how, and this is what he's done for me. So we're going to start with the, the who and the, and the why, and we'll start right at the beginning of John. John's gospel spark, starts different than any other gospel. John starts with the eternality 
of the sonship of Christ. He starts in eternity. He, he doesn't start at the birth or he doesn't start at John the Baptist's birth. And he, he, he starts in eternity. And he said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Three things that tell us about the who that he's speaking about is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, in the beginning, the Word was. He was with God. And he is God. And we know that about the God-man. I hope you know that. Receiving Christ teaches you that. That Christ came in the flesh. That Christ came down from heaven and he lived upon this light, uh, upon this earth and he walked upon this earth and he did many things and he did the Father's will. But what most importantly, he came to save his people from their sins. That's the gospel that we preach. And, and so we have the beginning. John starts in eternity. He says, you know, before there ever was, there's my Savior. There he is with the Father. There he is with the Holy Ghost. The same was, it was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Remember, John is explaining why this morning. Why is it that we want to receive Christ? I hope you want to. I hope the desire is there. That's what he makes us willing in the day of his power to receive him, to receive the person of Christ, the work of Christ. And verse 3 tells us all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In three verses, what we've seen is the Father has placed everything in the Son's hand, in the creative power of the Son, and has given everything through His Son. And that should tell us right there, if everything is in Christ, I want to be in Christ. I want, if that's where life was, and that's where we get to, in Him was life. So in Christ is life. Outside of Christ is death. That's a simple deduction we can make from the Word of God right here. All of, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So if you have any light in you today, that light is Christ. It's not your good deeds. It's not that you've been a good boy or a good girl. It's not the things that you think or the things you believe. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the light. And then verse 5 says, And the light shined in darkness. He came to this world, a dark world. And the darkness comprehended it not. That tells us something about the fall and tells us what we were plunged into from the first time our parents walked on this earth, Adam and Eve. That the whole world is darkness. Christ coming into this world brought light. He was the light of men. He is the life of men. And there's no way. That, that verse right there tells us that there's no way that we can comprehend God or comprehend what's good and what's holy and right without Christ. And so in that little exercise going through those five verses this morning, in light of our text, we understand, I hope, the Holy Spirit says to us, 
this is why. This is, this is who, it's Christ, and this is why. Everything in life is in Christ. What does that mean? Why should I desire Christ? Why should I desire Christ over everything else in this world? Is that the, That's the question this morning. As we go through this, we're going to see what the scriptures say about what receiving Christ really means when we get to the what portion. We've gotten to the why and the who, but now we've got to talk about how. The, 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 the verse tells us that he gave power and privilege to become the sons of God. Does the Trinity have any work in that? Well, absolutely. Let's turn, we're going to turn a couple places here in John. So just let's turn to the right a little bit here and just go down to John 6. And we're going to show the first thing that the Holy Spirit wants us to know this morning is that it is the Father who brings us to Christ. How do we receive Christ? How do we do that? The Father brings us to His feet. The Father opens our eyes. Look at 44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. That's pretty clear. No man on this earth can come to Christ, can receive Christ, can believe in Christ, unless the Father draws him to the Son. There's nothing in our decisions, there's nothing in our mind, there's nothing in our will that will make us come to Christ. The Father must draw us. And Jesus says, and I will raise him up at the last day. Why? Because we're in Christ. That guarantees our resurrection. That guarantees our life. That, that guarantees our eternality in Christ. We all muse about death and life every day. There's things that come into our life that make us think more about death. And there's things that come into our life that make us think more about life. But the eternality of where life will be after we're done with this time here on earth, we don't think much about that unless we have the mind of Christ. Christ is eternal. He is the eternal God. And so in 45, he says, it is written in the prophets. These are the words of Christ. They shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that has heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. That's how we're brought to the Son. That's why the Son said, we've learned of the Father. The Father has revealed, revealed that to us. Isn't that what he told Peter? Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. The Father reveals to us his Son. So what we see in these scriptures this morning is it's the Father brings us to the Son. I hope you're starting to see why Paul, a minister of the gospel, said, I preach Christ crucified. It's what the gospel minister does. His, his, he's in the same position. I'm going to put forth Christ because there's no other place to bring you to. In that time I'm preaching, I have nothing else to give to you but what the Lord has revealed to me. And I can't give it to your soul. I can give it to your understanding and your mind. This is what Christ has revealed to me. This is Christ. This is why. Because Christ has come to my soul and he has 
made me to receive him in this way. And what's the difference with you when you're speaking to somebody? Your desire is that you want them to see Christ, to receive Christ, to, to have Christ. I mean, we can't produce the power, no. But it, it, it is our desire. But what about the Holy Ghost? So just turn with me again to the right. We'll go over to John 16. Then we see what the Holy Spirit wrote about himself here in John 16, 13. He says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, when he has come, he will guide you into all truth. Okay, so, so if there's any truth today that you and I need to know, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals it to us. But what truth are we talking about? Let's go on. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. You think, well, that's an odd statement because he's God. But he's not going to speak of himself? No, he's not. Because of what we talked about, the eternality of Christ, because the Father has put all in the hands of Christ, because he has given him the preeminence, the Holy Spirit says, I am going to take, well, we won't get ahead of himself. Let's just get, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, Jesus' words as he's speaking right there, that shall he speak. He'll speak what he's heard of me. And he will show you things to come. Well, we got a lot of people around that always can predict the future. You listen to anybody. Everybody's going to tell you what's going to happen. If it's in the next hour, the two hours, what's going to happen in a month, what's going to happen. If this, if this person does this, oh, this is going to happen. Thank God that's not the mind that he gives us. He gives us the mind of Christ who reveals to us, the Holy Spirit reveals to us what Christ says is going to take place. So then he says, he shall glorify me. The Holy Spirit shall glorify Christ. For he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. He will bring us to Christ. That's how, that's how we know. That's how we receive Christ. The Father brings us. The Holy Spirit brings us. I've already mentioned that the, the, the gospel minister brings us that every focus of the Holy Spirit and every focus of the, the Father is to bring us to Christ. And then he says in 15, All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine. Look at the Trinity. The perfect Trinity in here. The unity of the Trinity in this passage. All things the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he, the Holy Spirit, shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. The perfect concert and unity of the Holy Spirit, and the, the Trinity, I should say. So, so as we go back to our text now in John 1, and we've already looked through the first five verses, and we've talked a little bit about how we're brought, and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I hope you understand why I spent time on talking about how we get there. Because verse 13, after our text today, tells us it's not you're not born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I know the parents in this room want their children to see the truth as it's been revealed to them. But it's not, they're not going to be born of you. They're not going to, to hear what you have to say 
and believe it in their soul. They can assent in their mind and they can assent in understanding. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the Holy Spirit and the Father, they bring us to Christ. So now we pick up in verse 10. He was in the world. And the world was made by Him. We've already said that. He is the creator of all things. I want you to think about this once again is shining the light upon the depravity of man and how far we've fallen. So we have this faithful creator. We have this one who's created all things. He came to the world. The world was made by him and the world knew him not. Once again, throwing the emphasis on a revelation of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is the only way that we can know him. He came unto his own. He performed miracles of his own. He performed um, healings. He, he, he cast out devils. He did all of these things right there in the nation of Israel. And all of these people witnessed it. And they hated him without a cause. Now you and I understand hate. We hate people usually with a cause. Somebody does something, somebody says something, somebody is doing evil things and is causing hardship for us, we have hatred that rises up in us. There is a time to hate. Hate all things evil. They hated Christ for performing miracles, casting out the devils, and saying that he was equal with God. He came into his own and his own received him. What is the Holy Spirit telling us in these two verses? Once again, the emphasis is on receiving Christ and how. It wasn't in a nationality. It wasn't to the country that he came to. You know, everybody, oh, well, they were preferred people. Those preferred people crucified Christ. You and I today, if we have ever received Christ, we have received him because the Father has brought us to His feet. The Holy Spirit has testified in our soul that He is Christ. And Christ Himself has revealed Himself to us. And there's no other way. And praise be to God that there is. And it tells you something about the particularness of the Gospel. It tells you something about the preciousness of the Gospel. So now we come to our text. But as many as received him, to them gave he power or privilege to become the sons of God, to them that believe on his name. And as I said, you cannot separate the receiving of Christ from faith. That's what he tells us. To them that believe on his name. And, and what is it to receive Christ? And that's we're going to look at a few passages this morning, which I believe explain. In simple forms. What is it that the Bible says? And that's what I said. The Holy Spirit, may He judge between you and me today. May He judge the Word of God in our soul. May He judge it to, to bring us to say, yes, I've received Christ in this manner. That the Scriptures say, not that Sean said, what the Scriptures say today. How important are these Scriptures? That's, that's one of the things we talk about. We've already hinted on the fact that it must be all of Him, and I've already quoted Psalm 110.3, Thy people shall be willing in the day of Thy power. 
We know Ephesians tells us that faith is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 tells us that faith is a gift of God. So we know that in establishing of the truth that it's in the, His power and privilege that He gives the elect the power to receive and the privilege of adoption to receive it. But to receive Christ is to know Him. That's the first thing I want to talk about is to know who He is. Not what someone else says He is. Not what you've read in a book. Not what you've heard from anyone. But what you've heard from the Father and heard from the Holy Spirit and heard from Christ Himself. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, John writes this. It's the very last verse in 1 John 5. And he says it emphatically. He says this in fact, and we know. This is what he was taught at the feet of Christ. This is what he was revealed in his soul. As I said, we must, to receive Christ is to know him. John says, and we know that the Son of God is come. You know, the Bible tells us that in the, in the days that proceed, as the days go on from the time that Christ came here on earth, man's heart is hardened more and more and more. And those things that were a little easier to accept that happened way back then, now we're in the year 2021 and we're looking at it going, well, that was a long time ago. Those things that were said there, they certainly can't apply today. And those things, that's the hardness of our heart. But John tells us that we know that the Son of God has come. We accept that. We, that. By faith, in receiving Christ, we know that He came here to save His people. We know that He died on the cross and laid down His life for His people. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. This is what knowing Christ means. That He has... He has given us an understanding. I know we hear a lot of witness of people, oh, I learned this of this preacher. Oh, I read this in this book. Oh, read this book. This guy knows what he's talking about. The problem with that is, he's a man. Just as any man is. I'm a man. You, you have to be taught. That's, what, that's why we read those passages early. Jesus said they must all be taught of God. And so when he says he's given us an understanding, that understanding doesn't come from intellectual knowledge. But there is a knowledge and an understanding that we accumulate in our mind. And that understanding, we know that the Son of God has come and he's given us an understanding. Notice the key there is he's given us. It's come from his power. It's come from his grace. It's come from His privilege. He has given this to the children of God. He's given us an understanding that we may know Him. That is true. He's given us the understanding to know Him. That is true. But we've said this, all of us have said this from the pulpit many times. There's a lot in this world that just isn't true. It is hard. It is hard navigating by listening to people. You're going to see that here in a minute. Listening to man. What is truth? 
what is truth? Well, John tells us that he gives us an understanding that we may know him, Christ, that is true. The truth of these scriptures. We're going to get to that in a minute. And we are in him, that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. So to know him is to know truth, to know the eternality again. That's where eternal life is. To know him is to know that this life that we live down here is not the life that we have in Christ. It's not all that it is. I should say that better. Because what we do experience here is Christ in our soul. But there is so much more and greater to come. When we're not plagued by sin, this body of sin, we're not plagued by the world, we're not plagued by Satan, that's what eternal life is. We get so focused on what we think this day's life brings us. And we say, this is life. And we go about trying to make something better for ourselves. And if we're in Christ, He has given us everything of life in His Son. Every privilege is in His Son. Every creative power is in His Son. You want joy? You want peace? You want love? It's in His Son. And that creative power is given to Him to birth it in our soul. And given to the Holy Spirit and given to the Father. It's theirs to give to us as receiving vessels. Remember, that's what we're talking about. What does it mean to receive Christ? And I hope what you've seen so far is really you don't have a part in it. You're a receiving vessel. This is what grace has done to me. This is what grace has put in my soul. This is what grace has put in my mind. We are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. Why does He say that true God? Oh my goodness we make so many things gods in this life fun um, idolatry things objects we make them as God we, we sit there in front of them and take so much time we pour so much of our heart into them our affection this passage tells us what it means to receive that we are in Him that is true, this is the true God and eternal life. So to receive Him is to know Him, but as we've already hinted on, what He said in this passage, it's to understand Him. It's to have an agreement. It is to agree that everything that He has put in His Word is true. Everything that he has mentioned in his word is true. As consent to the gospel that it is true. Remember they said this is the true God. Well how do I know what this true God. Who is this true God. He's laid it out for us in the word. This is what the child of God consents to. He says I, 
I live. I, I have that that conversation sometime with my children. They want to know why I do the things I do, or why do you not do that? Well, this is how the Word is revealed to me. This is why I do it this way. This is what the Lord has said to me in the Word. That's why it's important to me to live by the Word, to understand. I have an agreement that that in receiving Christ, that Christ's Word, that's in the beginning was the Word. He was the physical Word, and He's the spiritual Word. That's what Jesus said. Search the scriptures. They testify of me. Lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me. Let's go over to 1 John real quick. I know we should have went there the first time, but we'll go there this time. 1 John 5 again. Look at, let's start in verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, and we do, Let's face it, we all do. We take the weather report. We take the doctor report. We take the the worldview report. We we got certain people we listen to and give assent to and say, oh, they're better than these people over here, whatever. But here's the thing. If we receive the witness of men, and we do, and I'm included, absolutely, we receive the witness of men, the Holy Spirit wants us to know something. The witness of God is great. The witness of God is greater. See, in the witness of men, we have error. In the witness of God, we have no error. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. This is it. He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. You have a witness in yourself. If you have received Christ, you have a witness in yourself. That witness is the unity of the Trinity revealing the preeminence of Christ in your soul and life. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God has made him a liar. God's not a liar. Us not assenting or believing in God has made him a liar in our minds. Because he believes not the record, that's the scriptures, that God has given or gave of his son. God has given us the record of his son. It's right here. We all got one in our lap. We're all reading it right now. This is the record of the Son of God. This is the understanding and agreement. Has He given you the agreement with Him in this Word? And you cannot agree with what you don't know. And if you're not in this precious book, if you're not in the record that God has given of His Son, how will you know? Well, I come and I hear the preached word. Yeah, that's one time a week. We hope it feeds. We hope that the Holy Spirit brings those things back to you during the week. But he feeds us through his word. We live in a place today that we have the freedom to wake up in the morning and pick up God's word. The record of his son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life 
And this life is in his son. Do you believe that? Because if you do, if you wholeheartedly believe that life is in the Son, it's a good evidence that you've received Christ. That life is in His Son, and he that hath the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. When the Lord impressed that passage on me years ago, it really helped me understand the world. Why is it people can't understand? Why is it? All man's understanding is dark unless he has Christ. Christ is our understanding. Christ is the record. Christ is the life. This testimony, this Christ being received has to be personal. Has to be. It's got to be intimate. That's what 13 told us. It's not of you that willeth. It's not of him that runneth. Well, that ain't what that tells us. But who's born of God isn't born of man. It's not born of the flesh. It's got to be intimate. Christ has to be dear in your soul. You want to know why your life is going away if it's going away? Christ has to have preeminence. He does in the child of God. And when we wander, he is a faithful shepherd to bring us back. Loving, faithful shepherd. Turn with me over to Romans 10. Be the last place we go before we go back to our text. Romans chapter 10. As I said, it, it has to be personal. It has to be intimate. Let's just start in verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Says this. Say not in your heart. And who hasn't said this? Say not in your heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down. Or who shall descend into the deep. That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. We all have those thoughts. How can I do this? Or how can I achieve this thought? Or how can I live above? Or how can I, where can I get Christ? Or where can I, don't say that. Paul said, I mean, yeah, Paul says, the righteousness of faith speaks this way. It doesn't say this. Listen to what he says. But what does it say, Paul says? The word is nigh thee. The word, the Lord Jesus Christ, the written word, the word of God. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And in thy heart. See, we've talked about understanding. We've talked about a knowledge. But that has to travel. It has to be in your inner man. It has to be in your inner being. The reins. The, the heart. What the word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth I speak of him. And in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That's what Paul said. That's what we preach. It's in our, it comes out of our mouth because it's in our heart. It's not a head knowledge. It's what we're intimate. It's Christ is my intimate Savior. He is my brother. The Father is my Father by adoption. I cry out, Abba, Father, because Christ has died for me. The Holy Spirit has taken what Christ has done and He showed it to me, showed it to my soul. And when all of that is right, 
all of that is right. When the Lord gives you contentment in Christ, it doesn't matter what you're going through. We learned that this weekend. That's how we can sit in a house of 87 degrees and it not bother us. Because Christ is content. And that's just a little inconvenience of life. But life itself, if He's life, if you've received Christ that way, that He is life, that's how it's lived out in you. It's an intimate relationship that no man can take from you. It's you, you and your Lord. It's union. What saith that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Saving faith. Faith to believe. Everybody thinks there's some kind of magical, oh, you have to do this for God. You have to make this ascent. You have to do these things. These are the works you perform. These are the things you have to believe. These are the... It's pretty simple. This is what receiving Christ is. You believe in Him. Not in your mind, although that's part of it. And not in your understanding, although that's part of it. But in your heart. In your inner person. If you confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can't can't not talk about him being your life. You can't not confess his name. That's the power of him. Peter said, Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. Peter called Jesus precious. You say, Well, that's a nice little name. No, it wasn't a nice name. It's what Peter believed in his soul, in his inner man. Christ is precious to me. He's more precious to me than anyone on the face of this earth. And He's more precious to me than anything on this earth. That's what receiving Christ is. It's a a total makeover, if you will. Mind, heart, understanding. That's what receiving Him is. It seems so simple. But yet, our text tells us one more time. Our text tells us, as many as received Him, those who have received Him, to them and them only, He gave the power and privilege to become the sons of God. No other way. Not you making a decision. Not me writing my name on a card. Not me singing a little song since Jesus came into my heart. Not me saying I'm going to let go today and let God. It's an intimate relationship that the Lord reveals to you, I am life. Are you hurting? Do you feel empty? Do you feel like, well, there's some things that have been said. I don't know if I I have those things. I don't know if I've had the... Flee to Him. I can't tell you anything else. He's got the answers and he's got the balm of Gilead. His blood covers a multitude of sins. His faithfulness 
saves to the uttermost. There's no embarrassment in Him. There's nothing but love and power. He gave power to become the sons of God to them that believe on His name and faith to believe, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's what we said today. I hope that in these few moments this morning that you can identify that the Holy Spirit has said to you, I've received Christ according to those scriptures I just read. Those scriptures, they're meaningful to me because that's the way Christ has revealed Himself to me. He taught me to know Him. He gave me an understanding. And yet, it's intimate. I, I, I... I clutch on to him like Jacob did the angel as he wrestled. I can't let you go till you bless me, Lord. Oh, may the Lord give us that faith today. May he give us that love for him, that faith that, that apprehends Christ and reaches out for him. And may he flood our soul with his peace. Dear Heavenly Father, most gracious Lord, add thy power and clarity. Lord, all for thy name's sake and for your glory. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.